everybody. It's Monday, November 30th, and that means it's time for another episode of Chatting with Agnes and Cecilia. I'm one of your co-hosts, Cecilia Sup. I'm the principal and founder of Rogue Tulips Nonprofit Consulting, and I'm here with my co-host, Agnes. I'm going to throw it over to Agnes to say hello. Thank you, Cecilia. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our global audience, wherever you're joining us from. My name is Agnes Amos Coleman. I'm an author and a consultant. Over to you, Cecilia. Great. Thank you, Agnes. Glad you're here with us this week. And Thank today you. we have a returning guest, one of our favorites, Rob Miller from Gravitate Solutions. And Rob is here today to talk about what Gravitate does to help their clients using their, their tool, Nucleus. And we're also going to discuss a little bit about virtual events and how that data can help you promote individual engagement. Welcome, Rob. I'm going to throw it over to you to say hi and, and intro yourself a little more. Wonderful, and good morning, and thank you for having me back. And I guess for our global audience, it may not be good morning, it may be good afternoon or good evening. So uh, we're so pleased that we've got such great activity. Um, I'm pleased to be back. Uh, for those of you who did not have a chance to hear me in a prior podcast, I am Rob Miller, and I am an executive at Gravitate Solutions, and we specialize in data analytics. So we get very excited about um, anything that drives more data that can help um, associations and nonprofits better run their business. And then the great thing about Nucleus is it actually talks to pretty much any data system out there that you might be using. Does It talks to almost every AMS, it talks to Excel, pretty much talks to everybody. So uh, check that tool out when you get a chance. And they also have a handy app you can put on your smartphone. So Rob, let's get to the issue of the day. Virtual event data. Now. You know, we're, we're all kind of in the virtual world now this year, and, and it's November 30th, and the pandemic kind of started March 10th about, I'll estimate, at least for me, So because that's when our lockdown started. So we've been doing a lot of hybrid events, and we've been doing virtual events, uh, and I say we have been doing some hybrid events because people have been participating in person at certain places. So, for example, I believe the Georgia Society of Association Executives had, a, had their in-person meeting this year which went fairly well. But Rob, I think the big question for all of us, and I know Agnes is chomping at the bit to talk about this, is how do event planners sell virtual meeting value to sponsors and exhibitors? Well, that's, uh, that's a great question because they have an opportunity that they didn't have before. Um, you know, they actually know, you know, what, you, in the past you always knew who registered, who attended, um, but a lot of times it ended at that. Um, you didn't, unless you were running some type of RFID at your conference where you could track where people were walking, which most people didn't do, you didn't really know what sessions people went to. You didn't know if they actually went in the exhibit hall. Um, so uh, while you could um, advertise to your exhibitors that you're, and sponsors that you're getting, you know, a great cross-section of your of your members and the industry there, you couldn't actually say what they were doing and what they were interested in. And now in the virtual world, you know, we know exactly what sessions people go to. We know how long they stay. Um, we know if they go and look at an exhibitor or sponsor's page. Uh, all of those things are tremendously valuable pieces of information that then can be you know, aggregated together and provided to those sponsors and exhibitors to show to them, um, you know, what real value they're getting. So Agnes, did you have a follow-up question on that? Because I know this is of great interest to you. 
Oh, absolutely. I just echo the fact that this kind of data is something that we need uh, more so now in this new normal of ours and associations and organizers like myself would definitely benefit tremendously from this kind of information. So I can't wait to, uh, you know, get a deeper dive into this, Rob. Well, and I think that, um, you know, you need to look at it from, um, there's really two types of information I think that are really valuable. Uh, their first is, is the kind of the registrant activity from the perspective of the association, because the association cares deeply about that their, that their attendees, whether they're members or non-members, are having a good experience. So they want to know, you know, there's a lot of information about what sessions they attended, you know, which ones they stayed in for a, and really listened to for a certain period of time. So did they chat? Did they fill out the survey about that? Those are all data points that if you did some scoring around that, you could aggregate, you know, overall, um, I don't know, maybe happiness is a correct word or satisfaction in terms of, of their involvement in that. You could also um, um, look at that from, um, you could slice the data and look at it from just the executives or just your newest members. So you have the opportunities to look at those behaviors in segments of the information. So that's the first thing. Then the second thing is how then can you, an, an organization monetize that as mm -hmm. it relates to the um, their sponsors and exhibitors. So suddenly you can, you can start showing your exhibitors, say what um, impressions they're getting. An impression might be if they're sponsoring a particular session and somebody attends that, you can say that that's um, an impression. Um, then there's the concept of connections, which is really one step deeper. So that means that the, that the individual actually maybe um, went to their page or clicked on their page or chatted with them or that type of thing. So that's like the next level down and, and more powerful. And then the one that's the most interesting to me that I think gets talked about less is the, the concept of inferred interest. And that would be, let's say somebody who was a registrant attended three or four sessions on, on, um, well, let's just say, use the term data analytics. And let's say that there was a bunch of sessions in the conference, but there were three or four that were just on data analytics. And if somebody went to three or four of those, we can obviously infer that they're interested in that. And so mm -hmm. you could provide that to the sponsors or exhibitors who sell those types of products and say, well, while these people didn't connect specifically with you, they, based on their behavior, are very interested in what you do. So they might be someone worth following up with. That's great. And I think this would be a good time to share the infographic that you shared with us uh, for today, Rob. And this and this will give the audience an idea of what you're talking about with some actual specific things here. So we have a benefit, we have the data generated, and then you've actually rated the value to the sponsors and exhibitors. So could you touch on this a little bit and, and explain how this is helpful to people uh, with event management? Yeah, so we worked with um, Mr. Oser in the in the industry, who does a lot of consulting um, to the market on 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 events and other things related to associations. And he had written an interesting piece um, because there was one association who hired him to, um, you know, talk to them about the benefits that um, they could be providing their their um, 
exhibitors and sponsors. And so he kind of created an exhausted list and we were, we were quite interested in his work. So we, we worked with him and said, well, it would really be great to take that, turn it into some kind of infographic. And then of course we wanted to, we felt it was important to rate the value of those. And so we produced this and then together we wrote a blog that went with it. And, um, you know, obviously those, those direct connections to the exhibitors are always the most um, valuable. You know, we love, as an exhibitor ourselves, we love to have pre and post email lists. And, you know, that's not a new item. I mean, they, organizations have been providing that capability to um, their, their um, sponsors and exhibitors for a long time. But you can see a lot of these are related to impressions and clicks, opens and clicks. These are all... Uh, much more powerful in the online, the the um, the uh, virtual event environment than they probably were in the past. Mm -hmm. Well, what's really interesting is what seems to be getting the most value uh, pre the pre and post event email list, like you mentioned, and then info request forms that are potential prospect submissions. And it seems like you know after that, things don't seem you know, necessarily as eye-catching or important or engaging people. So how can you use this, Rob, for your members? How can you do that engagement? You had mentioned before, if somebody goes to a lot of data analytics sessions, maybe you send them information on that. But how can this also give us insight into how members want to engage with the organization? Well, let's see. I think first and foremost, obviously, it's based on, you know, what they're showing as their interest, as you were kind of relating. Um, you know, obviously having, you know, the, the challenge right now if uh, of this pre and post email list is that it basically gives you all the people who attended everything, right? Mm -hmm. And um, what, as an, as an exhibitor, that's not that valuable to me because if somebody is not interested in data analytics at all at this time, they're not a good person for me to be reaching out to. Um, but if, if this list can be provided to me and then you have the extra element of, you know, which individuals showed interest in um, um, a particular a particular sessions or they attended other things that show interest in your your area, that is super valuable. So it's kind of the combination of a couple things together that make it very powerful. That's really, and you know, we have a few minutes left here, Rob, and I'm going to ask you what you might think is a tough question, but uh, knowing you and knowing your dedication to professionalism and, and ethics, we can now track on virtual events, every single thing, every single person does the entire time they're involved. It's not like when I go to a convention center and I can duck into a room and then leave and go to a lounge and then maybe go back to another room. So are there some things that we need to keep in mind as we continue to collect this much data, especially in light of all of like the congressional hearings with Facebook and the Cambridge Analytica scandal and things like that? Are there some things we should keep in mind as we're collecting this much data about people and what they're doing and knowing that we're going to share it? Well, I think that um, what we want to do is we want to focus on sharing the data that's showing interest in success in a sense. So if there happens to be somebody who is, um, who is not active and maybe jumps into a session for a minute or, 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 and then doesn't share, there's no reason why that data has 
has to be shared at all because quite frankly, the exhibitor and sponsor doesn't care much about that anyway. So you might want to say, these are the, the, the top 50% group that was showing interest in your uh, particular item. The, the one exception to that might be um, as it relates to CAE. You know, I know Cecilia, you're a CA. I don't know, um, Agnes, if you are or not, but uh, not? the, um, but uh, the, the, uh, you know, obviously if we're going to give CA credits, we need to know that a person attended and, you know, you might have a benchmark of they have to have stayed on for, you know, half the time or 75% of the time. Now, again, that still can remain very private information between, you and that individual, it doesn't have to go beyond there. So I think that this information should be, you know, very carefully handled. Yes. Oh, that's great. I, th I think those are all great points. And I'd like to make a point that Agnes is not a CAE, but she's a CMP. Oh, yes, that's right. I do remember that now. Yeah, she's equal in as far as like how much effort and time it takes to get a CMP or a CAE. And then you, of course, have the overachievers like Cheryl Rock. Hey, Cheryl, who's both. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, that's, so Rob, we've got about two minutes left in our uh, episode this week. So what's the one big thought you think people should take away about virtual event data? Well, I think the big one is, is that, you know, right now we're sitting in 2020 and we all rush to, to, um, run virtual events, virtual conferences. And of course, we're all hoping that life will get back to normal. I certainly do. I miss networking with all my friends at conferences and there's so much value to that. But but in the past, virtual being a virtual participant at an in-person conference was had a subpar experience. And I think associations need as they plan out 2021 and 2022 that the as the as the in-person conferences return you have to think about how can you continue to offer the the incredible experience that you're right now offering these virtual participants at at the same time so now you have that hybrid event and mm -hmm. and there's first of all doing that because that improves your brand um, you'll continue to get those high registration numbers that people are reporting they're getting um, which ultimately you can hope to drag those people into the in-person side, which will drive up your revenue. But it'll also continue to create all this great data that you're getting right now. So I, I think that planning ahead for running those hybrid events should be high on any meeting planner's um, schedule. Hey, that's great. And Agnes, did you have any closing thoughts or questions? Yeah, I, I kind of just wanted to comment, and this is probably going to be a conversation for another day, Rob, on the content side of events planning. I know that a lot of the data that you shared is about exhibitor uh, sponsorship, content developer myself. I see a lot of repurposing of a lot of what you what we've shared to content development. You know, video, you know, showing video of speakers. Uh, targeting certain content, which are the most popular content. But again, this is a conversation for another day. And I'd like to have you back to come and discuss that because content development, as you know, is the meat and potato of conference and events. So we really need to look at how we can apply a lot of this data to that content development. I'm really interested in, in hearing your take on that. Oh, and it would be my pleasure to come back. These sessions are always, uh, you know, fun, lots of fun. Yeah, well, thanks, Robin. We always enjoy having you. So, uh, Rob, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, uh, what's the best way to do that? 
Um, my email is rmiller at gravitatesolutions.com, and you can also go to our website at www.gravitatesolutions.com, and you can, you know, then look at, you know, the great Nucleus uh, data analytics product that we offer if you'd like to learn more about that. That's great. Well, thank you, Rob. Uh, always a pleasure and always fun to have my friend Agnes with me here every week. Uh, we have to go rogue for now. But if you'd like to learn more about Rogue Tulips and everything we do for nonprofit organizations, check us out at roguetulips.com. We also support the 501C League, which is a virtual membership group for all individuals within the nonprofit community and the people who love them. You can check out the 501C League at the 501Cleague.net. The 501C League is offering a new CAE prep course for the May 2021 exam, if you'd like to check that out. And we're also organizing study groups again at the League. So you can check that out at the CAE resource page. Uh, for now, I wanna thank our guest, Rob Miller of Gravitate Solutions again for joining us and my friend, Agnes Amos Coleman. And we'll be back next time with another topic. Bye everyone. Bye.